Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Positive Deposits Podcast. I'm your host, Presley Nelson Jr., two-time cancer survivor, and I am so excited for our guest today. You know, part of this movement that I have with Positive Deposit Podcast is we transform minds to change lives. And today's guest is someone that's close, like a brother. Man, we met back in 2016. Uh, we played on the same team. So I'm so excited to have him on the show today. Um, none other than Walt Gordy. Um, did you want to say something to the people before we get started? Let's get started, man. The host got everything on point. So we're going to just rock with you. I appreciate Walk that. Brother. I appreciate it. So you already know this month, is National Cancer Survivors Month. So this is real special for brothers just like us, man. And, um, you know, I'm a two-time survivor and you're a survivor and we had the similar diagnosis. So um, let people know what type of cancer you had, man. And at what age were you diagnosed? So I was diagnosed. So this happened about six years ago. Uh, actually, about this time right now, I was diagnosed with non-Hopkins lymphoma. Uh, oh. Yeah. So what age were you? Like, uh, you were 29, 30? Actually, actually uh, sorry, to answer, I, I was actually uh, 32 at the time. 32. I was a young, young 32, feeling good. Uh, <laughs> I'd always been healthy my entire life. Well, you're still looking good. You're still looking good, brother. You know, the melanin, the melanin. Now, um, <laughs> what stage, stage were you at when you I'm got diagnosed? Good. I ended up getting a stage two. Stage two? Yep. And I'm getting a stage two. Right. Okay. And so for for y'all that um don't know, we have Walt Gordy the second, no, third, excuse me. Third. Um stage two, non-Hodgkin's classic lymphoma. And so um when you first got the diagnosis, right? You know, what was what was like your first reaction when you got the news? Where were you at at that time? <clears throat> so a lot of things happened um, all the, leading up all the way to the, the diagnosis. Um, but to actually answer your question, I was actually talking to a friend because uh, I had the biopsy a couple of days before. So I had a bandage on my neck and I uh, came over to watch TV with me. And, you know, we're kind of sitting there talking and my phone rings. So I pick it up and I, I, it's the doctor and she's like, Hey, Walter, how you doing? I said, I'm doing great. She said, uh, yeah. Uh, so your results came back in a little while ago and we found uh -huh. traces of lymphoma. Uh, so you have cancer and we need to start uh, chemotherapy immediately. So when I first heard the news, um, I would never get, she was sitting next to me and I just kind of went into a daze um, yeah. as she told me. And she told me the following steps in terms of when I needed to start and when I need, I need to have the port put in uh, right. the next day and then have chemotherapy a couple of days after that. So I'm just kind of in a daze looking at the TV. And uh, when I got off the phone, my friend, she said, Hey, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm going to be all right. I said, I'm going to be all right. Um, right, right. And we just kept watching TV. So <laughs> the TV's really watching me, but yeah, yeah. I'm in the daze and she's laughing and all that. And I'm just kind of staring at the TV like, Oh my God, with my heart beating. Right. So, it was kind of tough to process at the time. Okay, so we're gonna take some a couple steps back because uh, you said that you had the biopsy, but what were you feeling? What were some symptoms that you were feeling prior to getting that biopsy? Because you know, like for me, I, I started to you know get a real big lump on my neck and headache. So what were some of your symptoms 
So it's told you, let's go to the hospital. Let's get checked out. So actually, I was in the driveway talking to my uncle at my grandmother's house. And uh, he said, hey, man, your neck is kind of swollen right here. Okay. And so I uh, I touched my neck. I said, oh, I said, you know, that's not a problem. I said, I'm sure I probably strained my neck from working out, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah. Getting fit, you know, that's yeah. nothing, you know. Getting fit, that's right, because I think I was doing like some pull-ups or something. I'm like, oh, right, okay. exactly. So the crazy thing, Press, is I went home. I uh, I put some ice on it, right? Okay. And I went to sleep. And the next day I woke up, I didn't think nothing of it. And I saw it still there. So um end up going to work the next day and came back home. Then I put heat on it. You know, right, right. is it ice? Is it which one is it going to be? Yeah. And I put the heat on it and it still didn't go away. Wow. So, uh, yeah. From there, I ended up, I had uh, some wisdom teeth pulled uh, a couple months before. So I went to my dentist thinking that it was some type of tooth infection. Oh, wow. Okay. So I went to my dentist. He, he does his scans. He said, hey, man, everything looks good. Let me refer, refer you to an oral surgeon. Mm. And then from there, that's when the process kind of went on. So I don't want to get too ahead of your question. No, we got you. No, 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 definitely. I mean, you know, because those symptoms are the, the things that we may not pay attention to or we think that they're other things. Like for myself, I just thought, because I'm like, you know, slim, that I was just gaining weight. So I was like, oh, this is a blessing, you know? Right, right, but right. when I started to um, not be able to button my, you know, top button, because I have to wear suits, you know, um, and then I started to get hot uh, headaches. It wasn't until, you know, I was out at an event and then my lawn brother was like, you don't look good. So, you know, I, cause you know, a lot of people don't know, um, that certain things like a lump in your neck or, you know, s swelling is part of, you know, the symptoms of lymphoma. So, right. so yeah. Um, so you found out, you know, you got the biopsy, you found out, you know, you were in shock. Um, what was treatment like for you? So treatment for me, um, actually during all this time, I was in the process of getting a new job. So I had been with my previous company eight and a half years. So I just resigned from my job. So uh, that Monday, that's when I got the phone call about having cancer. Yeah. Tuesday, I had my uh, port put in. Oh. Thursday, I had my first chemo treatment. And Monday, I started my new job with the new company. So it was a, it was a lot that a lot of stuff that went on within the past week. You had like a domino effect. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You were probably like exhausted. You like I need to go to happy hour. <laughs> oh man, I wish I could. But right, as you know, uh, I had to give my shot that of of that new Lasta. New Lasta. So tell people what new Lasta is, because you know, for for those that are not familiar with those terms, what is new Lasta? So from what I was told, Nulasta is it helps boost your white blood cell count, correct? Yeah. And yeah. so when all that happens, your body goes into a shock, man. And the the way I describe it to people is, you know, because when you get your chemo, yeah, you feel kind of down. Um, you don't really feel great, but it's it's not too bad like when you first get it, like within the first hour. So the way I describe it is, is Friday I had to give myself the Nulasta. So, um. And this was before treatment? You had to get yours before or it was after? So I got my, my new last that happened that Friday. It was always a day. It was 24 hours after my chemo. Okay. All right. So I had chemotherapy every Thursday and then I had to give myself, I opted to give myself the shot of new Lasta. Wait, 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 wait. You gave yourself new Lasta? I did. What? You, 
didn't they offer that for you to do it for you or you just wanted to you know feel that entitlement to just do it yourself well they offered it they were like hey you can come here at you know at three o'clock when you um get off work or whatever and come get yourself a new lasso but i was like hey just show me how to do it i'll do it myself yeah. um but that's a whole nother story to, to go to why i did it but yeah i just i just felt like you know it was, why did you why did you why did you do it briefly you know it why? was just it was it was tough to go to the hospital to see other people really struggling mm. and it was kind of depressing to go to the hospital like that so mm. i was like look if i can just avoid going there and just do it on my own then i'll do that so so, so really you you rather you know not be around it be just because of how it made you feel right and how i looked at other people because that's mm. one of the things that helped me get through this whole cancer situation is knowing that there were people that had it worse than me and mm. I, I had no need to struggle. I had no need to complain because there were some people who were struggling to walk. There were some people who couldn't drive. Yeah. So I, I wanted to do, I didn't want to look at that and say, okay, then, and, and, you know, people see me coming in and they're thinking I'm okay. Right. But I'm really going through cancer. Right. Yeah. So the perfect way to describe it is like, I tell people it's like being on a 10 by 10 Island. Okay? Right. You get that, you get that uh, chemo. And you look into the sky and you see the sky is blue. You see palm trees. You see the beach is beautiful, right? Yeah. And you turn around and you see a hurricane coming. The mm. clouds are dark. The waves are going, baby. And it's like a typhoon coming because, you know, after you give yourself that new lasta, for me, the next week was terror for me. It was like having a flu times 10. Wow. So when I went through that, man, like it was just it was rough. Like it was it was depressing to go through that time. Right. Yo, that's crazy because like when I got the new Lasta, they would, as you know, you got to come in the next day, get your shot. Now, for me, it wasn't the flu. It just, it was that tingling sensation. It was more or less like, it was like my bones were stretching, you know? And so that's, I, I, I didn't experience like flu symptoms, but that's interesting. And as you know, every treatment attacks everybody's body differently, you know? Um, Outside of the new last, what were some other like side effects of the treatment? Uh, just going through, uh, you know, chemo and I had hair on my face, right? I obviously didn't have the beard at the time, but I did have hair. So yeah. as you know, I started the new job. So I'm coming in a new guy, right? And two weeks later, uh, my hair falls out. And the story yeah. behind that is I had chemo uh, on that Thursday. So I'm in the shower, man, getting ready to go to chemo. I put some shampoo in my, in my hands, you know, I, I start lathering, lathering up, it up, doing this. And, and today I'm just like, wow, this feels really good today. So I'm just rubbing my scalp and like my eyes are rolling behind my neck. And I'm like, man, this feels really good. So I'm just doing this and doing this. And then I put my hands like that and the hair is in my hand. Yeah. And yo, so that really, really hit me pressure. Like, I'm like, oh, this is real. Yo, you just imagine if you was at work and that happened. That happened to me. Mm. I was I was at work. And I, you know, I just brushed my, I'm tired, you know, and I had a whole patch of hair come out. So, I mean, in the shower, that probably would have shocked me too, because that's a little bit different. You're in your intimate space. Right. And in the shower, you might be doing things of that nature. And all of a sudden, you just like, so <laughs> let's, let's talk about that, right? The mental health piece of it. How was your mental health going through treatment? You know, like sitting in there your hair falling out your body's changing 
how was your mental state, man? Because um, it, it, it's one of those things you got to focus, man. You have to focus. But how were you? What was your mental state like? My mental state was I was pretty strong. I had a good support group um, from family and, and friends. Yeah. Um, they ended up doing a campaign for me called Team Walk, where they kind of raised T-shirts to kind of help me uh, pay for my treatment because I did start a new job. So my, I had an insurance uh, situation. Insurance gap. Right. Right. So I had to take care of that. So all that happened at the same time. So <clears throat> the Team Walk campaign was great. We had people who bought shirts from all over the world, people I didn't know people wow. who I hadn't seen since elementary school who bought stuff. But my that kind of helped me in terms of, you know, pushing through, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, the Team Walk campaign was great. Um, and I went to work every day, Presley. I, I missed one day of work. I did too, man. They probably yeah. was like, what did they say to you? What are you doing here? Well, the reason is, is you have to be around people. Like, and when yeah. you talk about mental state, like the worst thing for you to do is to be at home by yourself going through this, right? And and kind of putting yourself in a in a mode where you could be depressed. So I had to be around people and kind of feel like I was normal in a way. Um, so I did that. That that really helped my mental state. And uh, but I remember one night uh, I was at home on a Friday night, and I literally broke down, man. And I I asked. Mm. I really cried like a baby that night because I was like, God, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Like, what did I do Ooh. to deserve this? Yeah. And we were to talk that night. And uh, that was kind of like a, after my third chemo where I just wanted to almost quit. So I reached that point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to quit. But that night I cried. And I knew I had to get through it. Right. So yeah. uh, it was tough, you know, losing my hair, as as, as I mentioned, uh, and also losing my taste, going through uh, radiation, that was tough. Oh, so you had to do radiation? I did. I had to do 25 rounds of radiation. Bro, 25 rounds? 25 rounds of radiation. I had to go every day after work, Monday through Friday, 25 rounds of radiation. And wow. I, that's where I lost my taste. So you talk about, I'm a brother that likes to eat food. So I had chemo, and then after my chemo, I had 25 rounds of radiation. And, and losing your taste, man, and when... You know, down here in Houston, man, we love food. We got good food down here. We got and the good food. My taste was rough losing my taste, brother. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. No, so it, it almost felt to me what it sounds like. It almost felt like, you know, you, your body's just transforming it into this new creature that you've never met before. And, you know, like, see, I didn't have to go through radiation. So that's why, you know, that took me off guard having stage four and I didn't have to do radiation. So I can only imagine chemo is one thing. Radiation is another. How do you, what would be the difference? Could you explain like radiation, like how that felt from going from the four bags maybe of chemo to then now the radiation? Cause I didn't, I didn't have to do radiation. So what is that like? You see what I'm saying? Radiation. Well, radiation. Uh, so they're, they're different. Um, you kind of don't really, know the effects because like i said after i was done with chemo i went immediately to radiation so i didn't know if it was a combination of the two yeah just radiation where i lost my taste right uh but i had to go uh so they put a mask on me okay uh to the point where i couldn't move and i my mouth was completely locked and i had to right, go right. get my radiation it was about 10 minutes every day um okay. but i didn't feel anything right like, right you don't feel anything when you're going through radiation but the effects of it day after day because like i said i had to go five weeks five days a, day, a week 
And uh, the effects kind of took a toll because I started, you know, getting tired and, you know, my taste was a really big thing that, that like I said, that I, that I lost. But um, it was tough, but it was painless. You know, radiation is painless, but like I said, your body goes through, it takes a hit, right. shock going through What did you do for the taste? Because, you know, for me, I used to just, um, I just got the spiciest food. Like I got Jamaican food. So like, and, and that's probably why I gained so much weight during chemo, but like, what did you do? Did you imagine like, hey, I'm eating a Cinnabon. This taste, this is what it tastes like. How did you get over that taste? Because it's annoying. As you know, it's very annoying. So how did you overcome that, those, the loss of taste? Uh, again, it was tough. So I actually, the day I found out that I was losing my taste, I went to a chicken finger spot called Raising Cane. So I got chicken fingers and, and I'm eating the chicken fingers. I'm like, man, this, this chicken is off today. It, it tastes bad. <laughs> So I went back to the, cause I love some fried chicken. So okay. I, I went back to the spot. I said, Hey, I got a bad batch of chicken. Like I need some more. So they gave me more chicken. So I'm eating the chicken again. And I'm like, man, this is bad. So I just kind of threw the chicken away. I um, ended up meeting with a friend later to eat and the food tastes bad. Like everything tastes like metal at the time. Yeah. And so um, what I had to do then, because I couldn't eat meat, like, and I don't like spicy food. I love, you know, all the other stuff, but I can't do spicy like you, obviously, right? So yeah. I started doing more smoothies, um, okay. more shakes, things that were healthy for me that I didn't really like to taste the taste of, you know, like a, a yeah. juicing, like these different kale juices and stuff that I really don't like too much, but I started doing that, which kind of helped. Um, and it tasted, it, you could still, even that tastes like metal, but it wasn't as bad as like meat because meat tastes really bad and i guess yeah. mentally when you know how things taste in your head you know yeah. how a hamburger tastes you know how a chicken sandwich tastes right right you've been it's been in your mind all these years but you taste it now and it doesn't taste the same it's a weird feeling man so let me ask you this you know because you talked about eating healthy while during chemo and radiation did you switch you know did you go from your fried chicken and you know eating the great foods of houston to now go straight juicing and if you if so are did you go back to you know your your regular scheduled diet or you know you you know did you stay healthier like what how has that changed well my diet was always pretty good i mean i always feel like to give yourself some cheat days right so yeah um so i would kind of eat kind of bad on the weekends uh, but normally during the whole chemo time and radiation i was uh, I tried to eat more vegetables, more fruit, more stuff that was organic, more stuff that was whole foods and, and, was, and, and foods that weren't processed, right? I tried to stay away from that. I drank a lot of alkaline water because um, from okay. what I was told, it's good to keep your body in the alkaline state. So I just, I tried, it was an opportunity for me to start eating healthier, knowing that things, knowing that certain foods that I normally wouldn't eat on a daily basis, uh, yeah. I it, I, there was no need for me to try, but in order for me to do it, I had to stay away from those sugars. I had to stay away from cakes, cookies, yeah, yeah. Like all that type of stuff. Mm, so you were not, I know you were mad. Oh, I love food, man. So <laughs> that alone, the food portion was, was rough. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. uh, but I got through it. But if anybody goes through that, your diet is very important because what you put in your body is what is going to fuel you. To, yeah. You know, yeah. So, you know, for those that don't know guys, Walt played basketball, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and with basketball, you got to work hard, you see what I'm saying? Did you use some of that to kind of push through cancer as well? You know what I mean? That same work ethic as you would do on the court 
to to push through cancer? Did you ever, you know, tap into that? So actually, you made me think about what, what actually happened to me during that time. So I also coach basketball as well, um, mm. basketball. And at the time, I was coaching 17U boys. Wow. So, um, you know, being a former athlete, it does give you some motivation to kind of, you know, start fast, finish strong, just keep maintaining, just keep pushing. But what really helped me press is the fact that I was I was still coaching. And I had kids who – were looking up to me, man. Um, mm. because it wasn't really recommended that I continue to coach because I would have to go into these gyms where there are a lot of people. And, you know, as you know, when you go through chemo, your immune system is low. It's low. It's real low. low. You, you got to. So I had to go into these gyms wearing a mask. Pretty much what we're doing now. I had to wear that. So. Um, so you was a, practicing social distancing before the social distancing so was a thing. All the social distancing <laughs> happened six years ago, wearing a mask, okay, and, and not touching uh, surfaces. And, like, for example, to open doors, I use my wrists and my, and my knuckles instead of oh, using wow. my hands. And I still do that to this day. I never use my hands to open up a, a, a door that's Wow. So I was kind of in that mode six years ago because yeah. you got to stay germ-free. So, like I said, coaching those those boys and going to tournaments, like, that really kept me going. Yeah. Uh, I ended up losing my hair, and, and they remember how it was, like, seeing me go through that stuff, man. So, I love working with kids, and that's what kind of helped me get through it uh, on the side, as long so, as being a former athlete. Yeah, man. And so, that was six years ago. Now, two two years after that, you got this opportunity about coaches versus cancer being a hardware hero. What motivated you to, you know, I mean, not only apply, but, you know, to uh, pursue that? Actually, I didn't want to do it, to be honest <laughs> with you. Who, so you didn't want to do it? I didn't want to do it. A, a friend of mine I, I, uh, sent me an email. I had a couple of people send me emails and like, man, yeah. it's really cool. It's a casting call. You should do it. And I was like, nah, you know, I, it's not really my thing. You know, I don't really play basketball anymore. You know, it's I'm kind of low key, so I don't really want to uh -huh. do all that. But it, it. I sat on it, man, uh, to almost the deadline because I, I, in my mind, in my heart, I didn't want to do it because right, right. I was nervous. You know, I, I didn't know what to, and it wasn't the fact that I didn't agree with the cause, but I was just nervous about what could happen, like being on TV. And I was like, I don't know, I want to be on TV. So, right, right. But something told me to do it, man. So, yeah, that's the story. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> wow. I See, I was the opposite. Um, my friend who was a, uh, in my business frat, she was in Texas and she was like, yo, there's a lot of, there's this opportunity, you know, for coaches versus cancer, you know, I think you should do it. And I didn't know that it was in Texas. And so I didn't know if I was going to get picked or not because I'm coming from DC. Right, right. And, you know, and then I'll, we got everybody down there that was from Texas. But, you know, um, that experience actually impacted my life. How did it impact your life? You know, it's something that you didn't want to do doing it. How did it impact your life afterwards? I think God brings certain things in your life when you don't really understand why you're doing just like cancer. It's a testimony. It gave me an opportunity to share my testimony with other people. Yeah. Share my testimony with people who had gone through the same thing. So God was leading the path and I just needed to walk it at the time. So he opened the door for me to do this. Even though I didn't want to do it, he wanted me to do it. So that's why I felt like I did it. And so um, going through it was just, um, it was great. I, I got to meet you. Yeah, you know, have a good brotherhood going on. Um, yes, sir. And I got to meet some real impactful people um, who I felt like could could help me. You know, Coach Herrick was great. Uh, you know, we still keep in touch. Um, nice. 
but it was it was really cool um and actually to get out there and play because you know i stopped playing basketball right so yeah i kind of consider myself i couldn't tell you you never played because you was going in <laughs> well i'm just a competitor man um <laughs> but i i you know the love for the game left me years ago after i got hurt during college man so uh, for me to go out there, uh, I really I didn't want to play the basketball game either, but I just I knew it was for a good cause, right? And I yeah. was excited and nervous, as you know, like there were a lot of emotions going on, and yeah, you know, it, but it was a really cool. Like I would never change anything about that situation. If I had to do it again, there's no, no chance, no, no, no. I would not say no to it because it was an amazing opportunity. Yeah, man, I, I love I, being part of the network, and it's it's just been wonderful to me to uh, be able to share my testimony. Yeah, shout out to the the cancer coaches versus cancer hardwood heroes family. We definitely appreciate you for you know picking us uh, for that for the first ever the first ever people don't know if we were the first, first. before you know the ones after. Uh, um, something that touched me, man. Um, you talked about faith. You talked about you know I mean God um, put this in in your path. How is your faith, man? Like. How did your faith get you through cancer, you know? Uh, it was a test. It was a test. Um, like I said, it was, I had that night where it was a breaking point to me. Um, and that was really the only night I really cried and asked God, why do I have to go through this? And yeah. really what made me get through it was the fact that I said, I need to be somebody's husband one day. Mm. I need to be a father one day. Mm. I need to make it for them, even though I don't know who they are. I need to make it for them because they need me. They're going to need me. Yo, I'm getting goosebumps, man. You you speaking things into existence that you didn't even think was there right there. But I have to be a father. I need to be a husband. Like, I need to be there for someone else. See, that's that motivation. And I'm sure he was he was entrusting you to, like, uh, you're talking the things that I want you to see. So that's amazing, bro. That's right. And I, and I said, look, I got to, I got to make it, you know, my mom, you know, I'm her only child. So I was like, look, I got to make it for her. I got to make it for all these people that I don't know and all these lives that I can potentially touch. So yeah. it, it did, it did. It was a test. It was a, it was a trial and testament to my faith, but my faith is strong and it was strong before that. But when you hear you have cancer, it's a test because you mm. have, you have to say, look, God, we're going to get through this. And I know you're going to use me as a temple to provide my testimony to other people. And that's how I look at it to this day. See, man, that's that's amazing, bro. Like, um, I, I'll say for myself, when I, I, I had a conversation with God while I was in the hospital, um, because when I found out, the doctor came back on some classic Grey's Anatomy, you know, hey, you can't go nowhere, you have a mass in your chest. You see what I'm saying? Mm. And my heart dropped and I just had, I called one of my close friends and she prayed with me, you know, and I had to had to say, you know what, God, you done put me through all these other things. Howard University, you know, what I mean, adversity, things of that nature. If you can get me through that, then this is something that I know you can get me through. And then once you already start talking things into existence, your mindset starts changing. Right. And that's and that's what it puts the fuel to the fire. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, and so. It's, it's a blessing that, you know, you, you relied on God for that, man. And because without him, we wouldn't be here, man. That's we right. Be here. That's we, right. we live in testimonies that we made history. And so it was important. It's funny that you say that you were um, 
uh, only child, but something unique happened with you that, you know, let's, that with 23andMe, because I've taken that before. So, oh, talk too to bad us. we're not cousins then. Huh? I know, it's crazy, not right? <laughs> you didn't so, pop up on my list. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened? Talk to me about that, because I, I saw the interview and that, that was amazing, man. And, you know, you said cancer was the best thing that happened to me because there was a blessing in it. And so the blessing that you survived, but what was the other blessing that you, you, you uncovered? So actually I got on 23andMe about a month after I became cancer free to figure out um, why I had cancer to see if it was genetics. Um, but there's a story to, you know, why I actually did it. Um, but I, I, um, I wanted to find out more about my family. And um, so long story short, um, to September 2018, uh, I'm working out and uh, I get a phone call from a guy that I know around Houston. Uh, he is a good friend of mine. You know, we're, we're more so associates, right? Yeah. So he calls me and he's like, hey, Walt, how you doing? And, and when I saw him call me, I didn't, I looked at the phone and I was like, what does he want? But I'll pick it up anyway, because we're right. cool, but we're not that cool. So I pick up the phone and he's like, hey man, how you doing? I said, I'm good, man. He said, you been feeling okay? I said, yeah, I'm feeling great, man. He said, okay, well, cool, man, cool. He said, hey, man, have you ever heard of this 23andMe? Yeah. I said, yeah, I heard about it. I, I've been on there about four years now. Um, my my mom is on there, and I did it to find out, you know, more about my father's side of the family. Yeah. And to find out why I had cancer. Um, I'm 82% West African, 15% European. I said, this is a legit site, man, because it linked all my family together. He was like, really? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. And I was like, okay. I said, well, what's up? He said, man, I bought one of these kits about six weeks ago. And my results came back in a day. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, cool. What you find out? Right. He said, um, I looked at my DNA relatives and you're at the top of the list. It says Walter Gordy, half brother. Wow. I'm like, what? I said, nah, man. I said, you're my brother? He right. said, yeah. So I immediately look on my phone and, and I log on to 23andMe. Yeah, And as you know, it, it gives you a relationship in terms yep. of your DNA shared. So my mom was number one, my uncle was number two, and my two first cousins were three and four. So I log on now and I pull up my DNA relatives and my mom is number one and now he's number two and my uncle's number three. Wow. So I'm like really flipping out now. I'm like, I said, you're my brother, man? He said, yeah, I guess so. And I'll stop there because I don't know what else you need to ask me because it can get. No, I mean, no, it's continue because that person, how how many degrees of separation was there? So um, it was pretty close. So um, I asked him why he did it. He said, man, um, you know, I had a son last year and I wanted to find out more about my my dad's side of the family. So my mom, um, actually, my mom was artificially inseminated by a donor mm. at Baylor wow. Medicine in Houston. And I said, I said, man, he said, what? I said, man, my mom was too. So long story short, we both had a donor. Um, well, my, our mothers had a donor. So he was an African-American male, uh, went to the Baylor College of Medicine. Um, he uh, donated his sperm to help him pay for his medical school. So that's the reason why he did it. Wow. 
And so he, he obviously donated to my mom and my Two. brother. <laughs> so, yeah. so I go tell my mom, I get off the phone with him, I'm like, man, I got to call you back. So I'm making this, I'm condensing the story for, yeah, you, yeah. for your viewers, Preston. So I call my mom, like, mom, I found out I got a brother. So my mom is just crying. She's like, oh, this is God. This is great. I can't believe it. She's like, well, I'm going to come by your house after choir rehearsal because I want to see a picture of him. And I said, yeah. okay, cool. So I start working out of the park. I go home. My head is spinning. My mom comes over at nine o'clock. She's like, let me see a picture of him. So we're Facebook, well, Mark and I are Facebook friends. So I find right. a Facebook page. I pull up a picture. She says, wow, you have, you guys have the same eyes, the same cheekbones, you know, you both same got beard. <laughs> yeah. Ironically. And she was like, well, let me see a picture of his mother to see how she, how, you know, your dad may look to see if he looks more like his mom. Yeah. So long story short, um, I find a picture of his mom uh, on, his, on his Facebook and I said, well, okay, here he goes. So my mom looks at the phone and drops the phone on the ground. She said, wow. oh my God. I was like, mom, what's wrong? She said, Walter, oh my God. I was like, mom, what's wrong? She said, Walter, that's Winnie. We sing in the choir together at church. I've been knowing her for 50 Yo. years. <laughs> that's crazy. And I'm like, what? So I'm tripping out. So I called Mark. I'm like, bro, my mom knows your mom. He was like, what? I said, I said, dude. So my mom is on speakerphone over here. And she's like, Mark, your mom is Winnie, right? She said, yeah, that's my mom. He said, do you know I've been knowing your mom? It's one person that sits between them in the choir stand at our church. Mm. We all go to the same church. So it's just crazy. Like, like how, like, you can't tell me that's not God. That's God, bro. And that's how I know that he put me, to, he had me go through that for a reason because I was able to, to find, I have a whole nother family. Man. And I found another brother, but that's something else. That's something. <laughs> Yo. And so, um, is there cancer in on that side? Did, did they have they dealt with cancer on that side of the family, or you see what I'm saying? Like, has has your newly brother, well, found brother, friend, found brother? Did they has he experienced cancer? No, he's fine. He's fine. And mind you, we don't know anybody on that side of the family. Wow. Nope. We don't even know. We don't know his name. Um, wow. The nurses told our moms that he was a tall, handsome guy. <laughs> that, was, that was all they told him. Um, yeah. Yeah. We don't know any. So I don't know the family. And that's why I did it to find out family history. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. they had to possibly do a bone marrow extraction from me. So that was one of the reasons that kind of made me do 23 and me because I like, look, I need to find the other side of the family where this could be a problem. But long story short, it's not hereditary. It's okay. just something that happened. So would you say it's safe to say, Hey, 23 and me find out if there's cancer in your your lineage in in your family well you can you can tell that so they have a uh a, a, a medical side on on ancestry and 23 andme where you can find out if you're susceptible to any type of cancers see i ain't want to pay for that I, I i got 23 for me but i ain't want to pay the extra the health, the health portion, yeah, yeah they have a health portion yeah, um, yeah i was one of the first members like I said, I've been on 23 and me almost six years now. So okay. the health portion kind of include it's included with mine now. So, okay. but you know, you just got to live life, man. God has different, like, you just don't know, like everybody has cancer cells. It's just a matter of what activates it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing for me because my oncologist was 
he was like, I can't really tell you how um, you got it, you know, um, because I had large B cells. So that was when I got first diagnosed, I had that extreme, extreme version of lymphoma large B cell, which the mass grows 60 to 70%. And it's only normally found or detected in um, folks that are 60 and older. Mm. Now I got that at 29. And then come 2018, I have classic Hodgkin's lymphoma um, stage four. So two different spectrums, very rare. They call it gray zone lymphoma. And um, I'll go into more when I do my story as I'm get, allowing you to share your story. Hey, we're looking forward that. to hearing that story. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be the icing on the cake. Yeah, man. Um, so what are you doing now? Are you still coaching? You see what I'm saying? You're still coaching? Um, the, the, the youth group or, you know, you kind of just kept that, you know, put that away or what's, what's, what's Walt Gordy doing right now? So right now I've, I'm still working uh, with my company uh, and I'm still coaching. I'm coaching girls now. Okay. So what I, company I'm, do you work for? I'm at a Phillips 66. Okay, cool. cool. Oil and gas company. So I, I work with them and I, um, I coach girls now, seventh, eighth grade girls. Okay. So just step away from the boys side and I just love coaching the girls, man. Because yeah. the girls, now, girls listen. Now, we can sit here and say, and girls around the world, I'm telling you now, like, we can sit here and say, oh, man, this and we're that. But these girls, man, if I tell them to do something, they're going to do it. Right, and, right. Know, boys, we think they're hard-headed. You know, when I was coaching boys, they think they're going to the NBA and all this type of stuff, and the parents are just a headache. But with yeah. girls, it's just so simple. Like, they just want to play basketball, and they bring me cupcakes sometimes when it's my birthday, like, they threw me a birthday party. Like, I know my boys would not have thrown me a birthday party. Oh, no, they ain't doing that. Yeah, yeah you know, that. they give me Christmas cards. And, you know, just the little things that make you feel appreciated, right? Like, coaching girls. Like, I love it. Right. Um, right, so right. I'm doing that and just uh, just living life amongst the madness at the moment, right? Yeah. And trying to get to know my brothers, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to get the, to know the brother that, that you all saw on the Today Show, uh, Mark. Yeah. And my nephew and um, the brother that I just found about, found out about, I met him a couple months ago. Um, so I'm, tr- I'll meet him again this weekend for the nice. second time. And he has two daughters with the mask, with the mask. Well, yeah, with well, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. You know, that's <laughs> so I have two nieces, man. I have, I have two yeah. nieces. I went from being the only child to having two brothers, right? Two nieces, a nephew, and a nephew on the way. Like, that's God. Crazy. That is God blessing you from going to only child. Now you have a, a a stronger village. I have a whole family because had I not had cancer, there's no guarantee that I would have gone on 23andMe. I'm sure I probably would have, but at the time when I did, there's no telling, you know, because that was kind of the trigger to find out, okay, why did you get this? Why did yeah, you get this? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, man, that's, that's a blessing, bro. So, you know, one of our, our biggest things here at Positive Deposits is transforming minds to change lives. So for those brothers, for those sisters that may deal with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, what are, if three, positive deposits that you would share with them to help them to be more inspired and, and, and live for that hope that at the end of the road? Okay, I'll see if I can give you three and a bonus. So number one, I would say uh, your faith is very important, number one. You know, make, making sure that you God, yes, sir. break it up, um, making sure that 
you know, because it's going to be a trial and a test to your to your faith. Uh, secondly, I would say be around positive people. You want to be around people yep. who have great energy. They're they're good people. You know, they make you laugh. Um, you want you want to make sure that you're still kind of being the same routine. Like do things that make you happy, but you just need to adjust your, you know, make sure you're not in large groups, right? Right, but, right. But do things that make you happy. Be around positive people. And third, um, I would say uh, your diet is important. Uh, making sure that you're you stay away. You don't want to be smoking or drinking or eating a bunch of sugars and sweets and unhealthy food. Like you need to drink a lot of water, um, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, uh, a lot of organic food is what would really help you. And uh, probably the bonus thing that I would give you is to um, just make sure that that you look at other people. And this is what I did. I, I made sure to look at people who have it worse than you. Mm. Because there are some people who cannot wake up. There are people who can't can't drive. There are people who need help getting out of the bed. And yeah. you have to look at your situation and say, am I able to walk? Am I able to to get up and drive? Because you have some people who need assistance driving. They need people. Wow, yeah. Who, you know, so you have to be, you have to always look and say, man, this could always be worse. Yeah. And there is there is a worse, but you got to, that should help you kind of get through it, right? Man, awesome. I love it. I love your positive deposits, man. So where can we find you, you know? Um, if folks want to reach out to you, things of that nature, are you on Facebook, Instagram? Where can we find you? So I'm on Facebook. Uh, Walt Gordy the Third is my name on Facebook. Um, okay. Instagram is Walt underscore F underscore baby. And so, uh, <laughs> oh, so, you know, because people used to call me. Then this is before Lil Wayne and Lil Weezer. They used to call me, you know, what's up, Walt Baby Love? So that was my nickname, like in middle school, like Walt Baby Love. Walt Baby you know, Love. But like the Walt, <laughs> the Walt F Baby is kind of cool. Um, but now I kind of, I've kind of, I've kind of adapted the name Uncle Walt because okay. growing up the only child, I never thought I would be an uncle. Yeah. I always thought I would have to marry a woman who has brothers and sisters and um, that's how I would be an uncle. But now I have two brothers and I'm a real uncle now. So yeah, that's kind of like my little, as I get older kind of name is uncle Walt because I have some nieces and nephews that are going to come and call me uncle Walt. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, uncle Walt, uncle baby love, Walt <laughs> Gordy the third. I appreciate you coming on the Positive Deposit podcast, man, where we transform minds to change lives. And so, you know, um, you already know he gave it to you where you can find him. Um, continue to follow us now. So, you know, so, you know, Walt, we're on all streaming platforms. When we, we launch, we're going to be on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, and also too, um, you know, Spotify, our YouTube channel. And then we're going to have these episodes on the website. And so, you know, please, 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 if you definitely want to make sure that you donate, you see it, you see it right there. I right see the there. button. See it. You know, however, you know, go to positivedeposits.org. Right there, it says hit that donate, you know, and you could do however you like. If you want to do monthly, quarterly, or just one time, man, just to support our cause. And um, we got a lot of things going on. I'm definitely going to plug this to you. Um, we have those courageous conversations this this third this Monday coming up. Tune in, man. I'm having a, 
uh, I'm having an interview with uh, Mr. Ballsy. We're going to talk uh, about racism. Hey, he's a character, man. He's a character. That's a he's good here. person. I'm on, too. So, um, now, I appreciate you for coming on, man. And um, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been a pleasure. So, uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me. And like I said, we're all looking forward to hearing your story, man. And I, I'm glad that, congratulations that you're a father now. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, and congrats on beating it the second time around, man. So you got to remember to share your testimony and keep knocking this thing out, man, because you got to live for that daughter. You know, this is bigger than you now. It's way bigger. You're, you're, you're a girl dad. And so oh, yeah, gotta, I'm proud, too. Yeah, I'm I know proud. you are. You got to make sure that you get through this for her because it's not a, you got her to look forward to now. And that's going to be your motivation to get through this, man. So, so you just you just dropped another positive deposit, man. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Well, we're we going to sign off and um, and thank you so much. You're welcome, man. Thanks for having me. I have a blessed one. You too.